Welcome to the In The Scope podcast, where you read and hear new perspectives in the scope of different lenses. I am your host, Joshua M. Hicks, senior writer of War Media. Make sure to subscribe to War on Anchor, the home of the In The Scope podcast, on all podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the TuneIn app. And follow me on social media at that guy Josh Hicks on Instagram and jhicks042 on Twitter. Also, make sure to check out the War Media site at weareregalradio.com to get all the hottest and latest content on all things sports. Again, this is Joshua M. Hicks, and welcome to the Indisco Podcast. Hope you enjoy the show. Scope Podcast with your boy Joshua M. Hicks, senior writer for War Media. And although the basketball season has unfortunately come to a close, it's still the NBA. There's so much to talk about. And we know when in the, the offseason, it's fireworks everywhere. And recording this on a Thursday, but it's a special Thursday because even today, fireworks are still going off. And I got the right person on this on the show to talk about it. He's a big Big, big mentor of mine, a big brother of mine in this industry. And the dude, I don't think the guy gets his props. I mean, the dude is legit. He knows his work and his reporting is off the charts. And even though he may not feel like it, I think the brother's a huge celebrity. So I'm, so I'm honored for, for him to be on my show today. This is the one and only Brandon Scoop B. Robinson. Scoop B, how you What's doing, up? my brother? Man, I'm good. Just working. How are you? Oh, you know me. We working. We, we, we working and grinding, but your work and grind levels on a whole nother level, 24-7 cycle, it seemed like, with, with everything going on. <laughs> so, sources say. <laughs> so I've been told. Anyways. Sources, yes, sir. <laughs> but yeah, let's let's just get into it, man. Let's go straight into it. The, the season's over. LeBron won his fourth championship ring. So the first player to ever win three, uh, a championship with three different teams and a finals MVP with three different teams. You know, it's the, the GOAT debate is very interesting. And especially with, you know, everybody comparing LeBron and Jordan. But in your opinion, sir, what does this fourth championship ring actually mean for LeBron's legacy? Because you actually reported that this move that he did to LA wasn't just about basketball. It was about life. So go more in depth on how that analysis that you reported ties into this championship ring and what it means for LeBron's legacy? Well, I think more than anything else, um, I think this one was special because of how he landed in um, Los Angeles. If you remember in 2018, he joined the Lakers after losing in the finals against the Warriors as a member of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And the season before that, Kyrie Irving bolted and joined the Celtics. And so when you look at the situation with LeBron in 2018, he had something to prove, you know, as you know, I had been reporting about just that whole process of the Lakers and Space Jam and a myriad of other things. But I mean, essentially, I feel like this year, this year is last year in the sense of, you know, you, you look at just LeBron and you look at the Lakers at large um, and what they bring to the table and what they were missing. You know, 
LeBron hurt his groin and was out longer or was out a shorter time than he should have been. Um, and, and to be honest with you, that injury was very underreported for many of re- myriad, excuse me, a myriad of reasons. Um, but, you know, ultimately, when I look at just what LeBron was able to do after that injury, I think that was a blessing in disguise for the Lakers because, one, they got a first-round draft pick, which was traded to the New Orleans Pelicans uh, to, to get one uh, Anthony Davis, who, as you know, my reporting, Anthony Davis was on the Lakers' uh, radar for quite some time. Um, and so, you know, had they not gotten that draft pick, I'll be very honest with you, the Brooklyn Nets, the Boston Celtics, uh, and New York Knicks uh, were in contention. And you're hearing a lot of reports about Kevin Knox as it relates to uh, potentially being moved to Oklahoma City Thunder as they reported during Labor Day weekend. You know, that Kevin Knox um, portion of it would have been something that would have gone uh, to the Pelicans um, for Anthony Davis. And so there are things that happened because of LeBron were kind of um, benefits for the Lakers because of, of that. So you fast forward to this season, you hire Frank Vogel as your head coach. Jason Kidd was who they wanted, but there were some other extenuating circumstances. He became, you know, lead, lead assistant. You bring in Phil Handy. Uh, Lionel Hollins was there and you had some other pieces from last year. Um, but ultimately, um, you know, the Lakers, you had to add, you know, Kentavious Caldwell Pope, you had to resign him, you brought in Danny Green, uh, Jared Dudley, uh, Dwight Howard, uh, DeMarcus Cousins, who ultimately got hurt, and um, you had to kind of bring this team together. The thing throughout the course of the season that I've marveled at, you know, I, I'm home, but, you know, I've been chronicling this team all season, um, on the road in LA, in Chicago, New York, uh, etc. And, you know, talking to members of that team throughout the course of the season, the thing that really stands out to me is just their chemistry, um, they, their group text, uh, their 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 um, familiarity with one another. Some of those guys were on the same team last year, you know, like Kuz and LeBron. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know if you knew this, but there are six members of Clutch that are on that Lakers team. Did you know that? Y'all talking about talk, Rich Paul is winning. I mean, you got six of them bad boys. Rich Clutch Paul, Sports is winning. Rich, Rich Paul is winning, and then you know, just throughout the course of the season, you know, bringing in the Morris twin, uh, J.R. Smith's workout, Kobe's death, um, you know, Deion Waiters ultimately joining the Lakers, and 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 I think Alex Caruso was very underappreciated as well. Um, what he's been able to do, so a lot, a lot of lot of different things going on uh, with the Lakers. And I'm happy uh, to see them uh, win it all. This was expected. So I'm happy for them. I'm happy as well, not just for LeBron and what he was trying, you know, what he's been striving to get back to the finals to do. But at the same time, I'm happy for Anthony Davis. The Chicago native finally got over the hump and won his first championship. And now he has to, now, in my opinion, he has to utilize this championship as the foundation for the next level and building his legacy the way that he needs to build it. Is it real? I mean, it's been reported that he's supposed to resign with LA, which I think was pretty much expected, but it's also rumored that it may be just a two-year deal, which is the duration of LeBron's contract uh, with the Lakers. And, you know, that could potentially be the opportunity for him to not stay in LA, depending on what LeBron does. So, 
is that the do you think that would be the right move for Anthony Davis if he really does go that route? I mean, it's no different than uh, what LeBron was doing and taking shorter term deals his first stand in Cleveland. I think he took like I think his extension was like two years or, or three years instead of four or five. Um, but I, I think this is the same thing. I think that LeBron James, in a lot of respects, has spearheaded the way that free agents handle their, their contractual obligations. They don't have to resign the way that it's been traditionally done. And I think a lot of it is controlling your own destiny. I mean, look, you look at uh, Anthony Davis and, and what he was able to do with the Lakers this season, find his way to the Lakers. Um, I, I think Carmelo Anthony showed you when he came to New York, when he left Denver, you're going to make the money playing in a huge market. Los Angeles, um, any money that he may have felt that he missed during his time in New Orleans, no more than you know, double or triple that in Los Angeles. Um, but I, I do think that when it's all said and done, I think you take this on a day-by-day, year-by-year basis um and you want to repeat you know so you know I, i've joked around on twitter you know this is kind of like Kawhi leonard you know in toronto the only difference is the lakers is the team anthony davis wanted to join chicago i think is in a situation where they're still rebuilding but you know there are some questions that need to be answered number one the direction of which billy donovan guys that team two um you look at you look at Zach Levine, who has two years left, does he resign after that? You look at the health of Larry Marketing, like the Bulls are not prepared yet to be a championship team. That's to say that they won't ever be. Um, but right now, you know, you're still rebuilding. So, you know, as it relates to Anthony Davis, Chicago is a winning situation. So uh, I think, I think, um, I think that uh, Anthony Davis and Rich Paul are going about it the right way. And it's interesting that you brought the Chicago aspect because when that rumor came out um, about the two-year deal, that's what I instantly thought about was, okay, maybe obviously you're going to see what LeBron is doing. You want to be on the same, you know, contract ter- contractual terms as LeBron, which makes sense. But at the same time, a couple of years does give the Bulls a couple of years to get things under rolling under Billy Donovan and that new management. And I know the last time that we discussed things, especially on, on the podcast, you did mention that the underrated level of the hiring of Mark Eversley for Chicago and how important that can be to someone like an Anthony Davis, who is a Nike guy and Mark Eversley has his Nike connections. I mean, that, that could be a key uh, connection and, and, and role that could, lure, that could potentially lure somebody like Anthony Davis to Chicago. Dare I say that's still a potential possibility maybe down the line? I think that the stars align is just a matter of a choice. Um, so I, I, I'm non-committal on that. Um, what, I, what I'll say is, though, um, I think one of the things about Mark Eversley that stands out um, is just how connected he is. Um, like even from a perspective of being the first Toronto or Canadian-born player, or Canadian-born um, African-American to hold um, a front office position in the NBA. Um, I think that's significant. Um, but I also do think his ability to connect on such a great level 
um, is, is impressive. Um, I think that Mark Eversley, uh, coming from Philadelphia, meeting up with Elton Brand, um, and, and really just learning the front office ropes from that regard is pretty cool. Um, I think that to answer your question, I'm not sure, but I don't think that it's I don't think that it's far fetched that they'll at least make a, a formal pitch of coming home. Um, you know, I think that you know he's had coaching experience. Um, he's worked with the Wizards. He's worked with the Sixers. Um, and to be honest with you, um, I think that Anthony Davis is in a good situation. I was in the room with him when he made that statement that went viral. I was there in Chicago. I saw you that week in Chicago. Um, it was a Nike function and a kid from his high school had made mention of, you know, you're going to, you know, would you ever come home and play? And he said, well, you know, I am a free agent um, at the end of the season. It's been a long season. Um, and I was there, your boy, uh, our buddy, uh, Eric Woodyard from ESPN was there. Yep. A myriad of other people were there. So, I mean, it was said, I think at the end of the day, um, he was trying to raise his value. And, but, I mean, he, he proved his value. They won a world championship. And, um, I'll add that as it relates to Billy Donovan, you know, I, I had a conversation with somebody yesterday. The Adrian Griffin situation changed a lot. A former bull had gone into some personal things that went on through social media, carried over. I know he and Mark Eversley had a relationship. And, um, you know, he was one of those guys that was being considered. And, you know, so was Wes Unsell Jr. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the um, Billy Donovan hire was very similar to Doc Rivers in that, when Donovan was made available, AKA parted ways, AKA fired, um, you know, it, it, the Bulls jumped on that. And, you know, same thing with Doc Rivers in Chicago. I know that Elton Brand, you know, um, had the Mike D'Antoni thing kind of, you know, it was a conversation and, uh, you know, ultimately they went in another direction with Doc Rivers. So, I think the Bulls are just in a growth period. People that I speak with uh, within the Bulls organization and, and with knowledge of their 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 situation basically say that, you know, they feel as though they should have been in a situation like, you know, the, the Phoenix Suns, the Washington Wizards, you know, this season, and, you know, and, and, and they want to, you know, they thought that they should have been in the bubble. Um, didn't happen, you know, so next season is something that, you know, they, they're, they're looking, to, that's their goal. They think they're a top 18. Zach Levine is a, is a top scorer, and um, it'll be interesting to see what happens next. Everybody listening right now, you're listening to Heavy.com, senior writer, Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Scoop, Jimmy Butler, you know, pretty much made the Bulls look bad. <laughs> but the fact that, you know, he's he finally went to the finals. They, he went to a culture that actually built a team around him. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, Jimmy Butler's, track record is in a very prominent stance and Miami's back in a prominent stance. Um, it's been reported that Giannis, they're trying to go after Giannis in 2021, trying to figure out the Bam out of bio situation. Aside from them trying to figure out and go swing for the fences for the superstar, it does appear that Miami is one superstar away from really taking this Miami Heat team to actually winning the title, not just getting there. So talk. So how much of a impact does this final appearance that they just had really impact recruiting stars like Giannis that are going to be in the 2021 market to bring those type of superstars to Miami or even have players like, you know, Victor Oladipo, who may be on the trade market to come to, you know, to, to pull that trigger as well. Like talk about 
how much of an impact this finals run really made for Miami when it comes to potentially bringing another star to the franchise. I mean, it was a recruiting trip, you know. You didn't beat the, the Lakers. The Lakers were expected to win it. They, they gave some fight, I think, that the Bam Adebayo and the, and the uh, Roland Jaggers injury changed a lot. Um, injuries changed a lot. But I think when this whole said and done, um, it, it definitely was good good, um, good placement. Um, it was definitely, you know, the, the, the Giannis stuff that people are talking about the last couple of days has been something that's, you know, kind of, um, you know, in NBA circles has, has been, you know, discussed. Um, you know, as it relates to Miami, you know, as well as as well as um, Victor Oladipo. You know, the thing with the Victor Oladipo is he's old. I think next season, like twenty million, and it's it's going to be interesting to see. You know, if he finds his way out, he's saying all the right things as far as Indiana, but you know, the Pacers are looking to go in a different direction, and um, because they're going in a different direction, more like developing talent and more. Um, you know, Chris Finch is the favorite um, as it relates to the Pacers situation. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with the fact that um, Herb Simon, who was the owner of the Pacers, I'm told, um, you know, is leading the, the searching uh, committee. Uh, obviously, it's his team, but Donnie Walsh is sitting in, Kevin Pritchard is sitting in as well. And um, the way it was described to me was that, you know, Herb Simon is a senile old man. And it's kind of some of the people who are interviewing for that position. Uh, are rubbed the wrong way uh, by just the, the 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 line of questioning um, that are, that's being asked in, in Indy. So you know when you look at that Pacers situation, Chris Finch, you know, being an assistant with you know the, the Pelicans and you know really wanting to stand out and and and, and probably not wanting to come back to New Orleans. I think he's you know I think he from what I'm told has a good rhythm you know with the Pacers as far as that's concerned. So we'll see. Chauncey Billups is no longer in that equation. So. If you're if you're the if you're the Pacers and you're at Victor Oladipo, like it seems like Oladipo trying to win franchise. It seems like the Pacers are kind of um, you know uh, growing and developing traditions, kind of similarly to the Bulls. Um, it, it, and I think getting rid of Nick McMillan, they kind of have taken a step back, particularly if Oladipo doesn't want to be there. Um, as I reported, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the New York Knicks also do have interest in Victor Oladipo as well, as well as the Brooklyn Nets. Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting. There's a lot going on in the NBA right now. So as it relates to the Miami Heat, they have cap space. Um, I think, you know, you look at, you know, I think not this coming season, but the season after, they really have cap space. So it's like, now you look at the team and it's like, you went to the championship like that. Like, it's a, it's a good situation to be in. Um, I think that not only will, you know, not only will Giannis be of interest to, um, Heat, he'll be interested in Dallas Mavericks as that was reported, you know, today. And I mean, that's that's conversation that's kind of just recycled, but it's it's known, you know, in NBA circles that you know the the, the, the Mavericks have interest in him, the the Heat have interest in him, um, but you know if if the Bucks want to keep him, um, as I reported around Labor Day weekend time, um, you know, ultimately Giannis gave a list of guys that you know he wanted on that team. James Harden was one of those guys, um, as 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 was Chris Paul, um, and so when you look at just the process of uh, what's next for the Bucks, ultimately, as as, as my buddy Chris Sheridan reported, um, you know, the, Chris Middleton uh, is what and Eric Bledsoe are who you know the Bucks will have to get rid of in order to make 
you know, uh, Giannis happy. So it'll it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens next. But I know that that that's a name that's on that list, uh, Chris Paul and James Harden. That's interesting, James Harden with Giannis. That's something that not many people put, but James Harden has come up in a lot of discussion as of as of recent and. Even when it comes to your most recent report about Joel Embiid, um, how the Rockets want Joel Embiid, but they're not apparently may not be willing to give up James Harden because they're trying to pair the two together. But what does that mean for Russell Westbrook? You know what I mean? Like, do they are they do they consider trading him too? Because he has popped up in some trade rumors, especially when it comes to the New York Knicks. Um, I've heard that it's it's known that that's 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 some people say that that's true, but. Me personally, I just don't feel I don't I don't know how that I don't know how that fit, like how he'd fit like with whom I guess is what I'm saying. Right. So, so it's just interesting how James Harden's name's not coming up. You just wonder what the Houston Rockets situation since you know Darren Morey just left, just resigned or you know left. They mutually parted ways, and they still don't have a head coach yet. So you have to wonder where's the direction of the Houston Rockets, where, where they're going. Because is Westbrook going to be out of there? Do you even trade James Harden and start fresh? Like, you just really have – what is your situation or what have you been hearing regarding the Houston Rockets? Because I know Jeff Van Gundy has been reported as, you know, someone that's on the market to become the Houston Rockets head coach. There's, there's mutual interest there. And you've recently had Jeff Van Gundy on your heavy live. Um uh, you know, uh, show. So talk, talk about their discussion with Jeff Van Gundy and what have you been hearing around the Houston Rockets in that specific coaching situation? I mean, at the end of the day, um, he's interested in coaching. It just has to be the right fit. He expressed that to me. Um, I'm told that, you know, as of today, you know, he is a front runner uh, to become the next head coach or at least a front runner in the coaching search. Uh, John Lucas is also on that list. Uh, and uh, Paul Silas's son is, is another name as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, but I think ultimately, you know, Jeff Van Gundy never left Houston. He still has a home there. His cell phone number still has a Houston area code. Um, he still, you know, has a, has a love and respect for Houston. Uh, so I think, you know, when, when, when the report came out today about, about Daryl Morey, I wasn't really surprised because um, he and Daryl Morey didn't get along when Van Gundy was there before. That's interesting. I, I, but I also wondered from a Daryl Morey's perspective, did maybe his role with China and the tweets potentially impact that decision for him to leave as well? Because oh, the NBA lost a lot of money. I mean, that I mean, that was that was that was another one of those like not a good kept secret in the league. Like that messed up a lot of money. Yeah, th yeah, that's that's a tough that's that's a tough situation. But with Houston, I don't know. Houston, y'all got a problem. So y'all need to figure it out. Everybody listening right now, you listening to Scoop B. Robinson host and founder of Scoop B Radio. Um, Scoop, there's, there's, I know we talked about some teams that are, that are still going through some coaching searches. Um, 
you, but at the same time, uh, one team that we just haven't fully mentioned just yet is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, that with that coaching situation taking place, you interviewed Antonio Daniels, former NBA player, and he mentioned his interest in the Oklahoma City Thunder coaching position. I like the idea, for sure, as far as him being a coach, but I've also realized that throughout this coaching league, it's a lot of hiring the people that you know instead of the newcomers. Like, how can, do you believe that since Oklahoma City appears to be going another direction as far as a potential rebuild, do they need a new guy? Do they need a newer, you know, a new face as far as a head coach without, a person without head coach experience to, uh, to take on that type of role? I mean, there are, there are a myriad of people that are in that, in that, um, there are a myriad of people who are could potential coaching candidates. So the list, Chris Finch has been discussed, uh, David Vanterpool, uh, has been discussed. Um, Kenny Atkinson has been discussed. Wes, Wes Unsell Jr. has been discussed. Um, Sam Presti is very um, guarded in his, um, he doesn't tip his hand. Uh, but I know that that team needs somebody young and hip. Um, and I, I don't think necessarily has to have the traditional route, but I also think the Thunder have to figure out what they're doing with Chris Paul. Um, are you, so I think in answer to your question, it depends on if you want to be a young team or you want to be a team uh, that is, that you're, that is going to compete. You know what I'm saying? Like, like they, they competed against the Rockets and just in the end it didn't happen. But like, what type of team, what type of team do you want to be? It, I think it's the first step. So if you're not looking to be a competitive team, Kenny Atkinson checks that box. Uh, David Vanterpool checks that box. I mean, David Vanterpool, I think, is like a blue-collar Bill Handy. Uh, and I think that when you look at um, David Vanterpool being co-signed by Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum and all those other things, you know, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I've spoken to David. David David has the um, desire to be a head coach, but it just has to make sense. He currently is an assistant with the Minnesota Timberwolves. You know, he's around D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. But no, nah, man, I, I think I think that there's a superfluous amount of, of talent that's out there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, as it relates to Antonio Daniels, I think it's a perfect fit just because he's been in a situation where he's been um, um, – He has, he's friends with uh, Presty. He's known Presty since his days as a spur when Presty worked as a video coordinator. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of traction there, but I, David Vanderpool has also worked in the front office with the Thunder. So if you're going off relationship, those two guys work. Kenny Atkinson really over, over delivered in Brooklyn and ultimately came down to Kyrie and KD and the Nets building for a championship. I think that you know, when you look at what, the, what, what Kenny was able to do in Brooklyn, you know, with, with D'Angelo Russell and those other pieces, I think he did a phenomenal job. 
Um, but I, I think ultimately, I think I think he is a, a decent coach that can connect with young talent. It, it, I think it all comes down to Preston's preference. Let's talk about this transition then, as you just mentioned about the Nets. You know, the Nets got their coach in Steve Nash, which was a very wide left hiring, but it kind of makes sense. Um, and because of that hiring now, you know, you, Brooklyn's ready to come in next year with a healthy KD and a healthy Kyrie Irving, potentially a third star from what's being reported that they might be trying to get, maybe like a Bradley Beal. I know at one point Zach Levine was being reported as a as a potential trade guy to trade for. Brooklyn is going. Brooklyn is interesting when it comes to now that this new direction that they're taking to really take it to the next level. Talk about how Kyrie Irving and Steve Nash can really work together because Kevin Durant already has a good rapport with Steve Nash from his days in Golden State, and. Kyrie and Nash have a good rapport too, though. That's what many people don't really know. Um, number one, the Zach Levine uh, faction, as far as that rumor, that was a smokescreen. Um, the smokescreen because of the Bulls, or rather Levine's uh, displeasure with Jim Boylan. Um, and I will leave it like that. But as, as it relates to um, your, your statement about Kyrie and KD and Steve Nash, um, Nash and Kyrie have history. Um, every summer, Nash has this kickball tournament. We're not, he's not having it right now, but he's had, he has it in New York City. And um, I spent some time with Kai in 2014 after he played it. I was with him and, and some other family and uh, had lunch with him after he played in, in uh, Nash's kickball tournament. And he just marveled at just the leader that Steve Nash is. Um, he has a respect for him. I know Mason Plumley, a guy who went to Duke like Kyrie, um, you know, played in it. And it was a myriad of other people that played in it. Um, and so, yeah, I know they have a relationship from that. And then, of course, you know, when Kyrie came into the league, you know, Kyrie went up against Nash either when he was a son or, you know, when, when he was a Laker, you know, towards the end of his career. So, you know, there's a mutual respect there, you know, that, that they have for one another. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, R.J. Barrett being from Duke and being, you know, uh, the godson of Steve Nash. And I'm sure there's a lot of interconnection there as well because Kai went to Duke. But um, KD and, and Nash have a relationship there. They're still filling out their, 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 their assistant coaching staff. But, you know, ultimately, I, I think with the Nets, it's going to come down to being healthy. I think it's going to come down to, you know, Kyrie being healthy, KD coming back from that injury. And, you know, I think they're doing all they're talking now. Um, and I also think it depends on who they, they add to their – they supplement on their bench. Do you bring back Jamal Crawford? Do, do you sign – you know, who else do you sign as a veteran presence on that bench? You know, and how do you fill out the rest of that coaching staff? So um, I'm pulling for the Nets, but as you know, anything can happen. You know, many people thought that the Milwaukee Bucks were just going to go in and go against the Lakers in the finals, and the Miami Heat beat them. You know, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Crossing over to the other side of New York City, when you got the Knicks, um, they made some pretty pretty interesting moves. Um, hiring, uh, you know, uh, Worldwide West and Tibbs as your new coach, but and you got a young roster that you know coming into the season, not many people really understood how it would work, how it would fit, how players would develop. 
Um, and you know, New York has always been a roller coaster type of team. So with the hiring of Tibbs, Worldwide West, guys that bring not just notoriety, but stability, how does it work with building a team around like a RJ Barrett and improving a Kevin Knox? So that way that young roster could continue to thrive and at least be looked at as a potential destination that's on the uprise, like people view the bulls that, that are currently moving in the, that seem to move in an upward uh, trajectory right now. How does that correlate for the Knicks? I think being young, and I think, again, they're in a situation similar to the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, where they got to figure out, okay, if you trade and you get Chris Paul, who do you get to go with him? Because you still got to absorb those last two years of 40 million per, or 40 million total, 40, 44, one of those numbers. But, you know, essentially when I look at, you know, with the Knicks, you know, do you, do you build, like Mitchell Robinson to me, you know, is a big man that they obviously have put a lot of stock in. Um, you know, I know that the Warriors reached out to the Knicks at the trading deadline and, you know, wanted, uh, you know, to possibly do a deal where, you know, D'Angelo Russell would become a Nick and, in order to make that happen, they would have to include Mitchell Robinson and the Knicks held tight in that regard. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, as it relates to um, as it relates to their future, I mean, R.J. Barrett is, I guess, their future, their face. Uh, do you get rid of Julius Randle? It depends on if they make any deals. You know, I know that Julius Randle was a discussion as it relates to you know, the Knicks and the Thunder, uh, the potential move in that regard. Um, I also think that it just depends on if you want to go young. Thibodeau, to me, um, checks a box as, as a guy that's a favorite uh, for players. But for me, I would just imagine that he would want to be one of those coaches that takes on a, a product that's already a little bit more established that maybe needs a few loose ends need to be tied. Um, that being said, I, I'm not sure what direction the Knicks are going in. I know Dennis Smith Jr. was a guy that they, they have put a lot of stock in doing well. He was part of the Chris Daps Porzingis trade. It, it looks like the Knicks actually got the better end of the trade at this point. Um, I know Porzingis has surgery recently. But, you know, when it's all said and done, though, I, I think the Knicks, um, they have a draft coming up. Are they going to trade the pick? Lonzo's name has been brought up as, as a potential, you know, moving piece. But I also know that, you know, uh, uh, Holiday is a guy that um, is a, a want for a few people. The Bucks are interested. The Sixers are interested. So it'll be interesting to see. Let's talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. They got Doc now. They got they got my Chicago boy Doc, and um, you can. And it's been reported that you know they want to keep Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and try to make this thing work, but even after all those years they played together, they still haven't found that connection. If, and, and, you, and it appears that, you know, the direction of where the offense was going is still an issue. Part, partly, partly because obviously Ben Simmons hasn't developed a jump shot, a consistent jump shot yet. And how do you build, how, and how do you bring talent to, to, you know, to cover that? So, what is the what do you believe is going to be Doc Rivers' biggest challenge to make the, the Sixers a successful team? It's 
first deciding whether you're going to really keep both Embiid and Simmons together or you're going to trade one and keep one or trade both. Um, you know, there's a myriad of different things that are out there. You know, during the spring, you know, the, the discussion was that the Toronto Raptors wanted um, uh, LaMelo Ball and, you know, that the Raptors uh, were looking to, you know, commence a three-team trade with the Warriors and, this, and um, the Raptors to make that happen, which could potentially put Kyle Lowry in a situation where, you know, he's a Cardinal Doherty High School uh, native, or uh, um, that's his alma mater uh, in Philadelphia. He's from Philly, and he could come home. You know, that was discussed by Rashad Phillips on my pod, Scoopy Radio, you know, which would then send him, you know, Simmons to the Warriors and, um, you know, LaMelo Ball to the Raptors. So, you know, that's been discussed. I know Rashad has also talked about the Timberwolves as an option. I know the Timberwolves are, you know, looking to move their first pick in the draft. And, you know, I know their hope is that they can get Devin Booker. So that'll be interesting to see if that happens. Um, but, you know, I know that ultimately it's going to come down to uh, accountability, which Josh Richardson talked about after they lost in, uh, to the Boston Celtics in the playoffs. Um, I feel as though the Sixers kind of quit on Brett Brown some. Um, but to be honest with you, the thing about the Sixers that stands out to me respectfully is that um, ultimately I think the Sixers um, – had a better product on the floor the season before this one with Jimmy Butler. And ultimately, um, it didn't work. I mean, I know there was a big thing about Shake Milton being the starting point guard. And then, you know, um, with Shake being the starting point guard and then moving Simmons to the four spot, I know that ultimately um, Simmons got hurt. And then, you know, here we are now. So, uh, I think injuries have played a big role. I think that with Doc Rivers in Philadelphia this year, I think you're going to get a big production uh, out of Tobias Harris this coming season because uh, he has a familiarity with Doc and his system. Uh, he had one of his better seasons uh, as a member of the Clippers playing under Doc Rivers. So, you know, that's going to be interesting as well. So um, I think for Doc, he's made a lot of money uh, throughout the course of his career. He won a championship early in his career with the uh, Celtics, but Ultimately, you know, that situation with the Clippers is, is, was a lot more uh, interesting, I'll just say. Some of the things, some of the calls I've gotten over the last few days. Um, it was very interesting. Uh, Ty Lue is going to have his hands full this coming season. And uh, I think Simmons and Embiid with Doc Rivers. It's going to be interesting because I think um, I think when it's all said and done, if you don't care about winning, are we just entertaining people or are, are we trying to win a championship? Because I feel like their best championship window was the season before last year. Think about it, right? So they lost to the Raptors. It was Kawhi Leonard's year. The next season you come back and lose in the first round, like now, the, the the Eastern Conference is tougher. You got to go against Miami. You still got to see the Bucks. You got a healthy Brooklyn. The Hawks are going to be healthy. You know, you, you got. You, you know, what I'm saying like you got you got teams that are going to get better this offseason. So, I, I think the Sixers like Doc Rivers is a name, but Doc Rivers is not bouncing the ball. I think it comes down to you know what that product on the floor is going to be. 
And I think we're still identifying that. So it'll be interesting to see. You mentioned the Clippers and now that we know that Ty Lue is the head coach, they literally finalized his contract hours before we even hopped on the hopped on the podcast. And like you said, it's interest. You said you said that situation will be interesting, and Ty Lue's hands are going to be full. Elaborate more on that type on that situation of what you heard, and, and how Ty Lue could potentially make this team better than what than the way Doc did. How can Ty Lue be better than Doc? I don't know. I think I think it's just repeating the season this year and next year. Like, if you hold Paul George at his word, then ultimately it comes down to um, You look at him in Cleveland, right? You look at him in 2016 when he took over for David Black. Doc Rivers is definitely not David Black. Um, I think Ty Lue, having been a former player more recently, playing with the Kobe's, playing alongside Michael Jordan during his time with the Wizards, coaching LeBron James, I think he understands uh, the psyche of today's NBA player. To be honest with you, I think he's a more updated, um, he's a more updated uh, Kevin Ollie. And I, we played alongside Kevin Durant, played alongside um, Don Aston and more. And, uh, you know, when it's all said and done, I think that uh, if he knows how to deal with players, he might be all right. But um, you have an owner who's passionate. You have an owner who doesn't mind spending money on Steve Ballmer. Um, and, you know, you have Kawhi Leonard. I, I think that there was pressure for Doc Rivers this season and in, our, in a season where, you know, the Clippers or the Lakers were both uh, dominant in Los Angeles. Um, but I think that Ty Lue, sometimes it's better to be where things are familiar than to go somewhere where it's foreign. The grass is not always greener. You know, the, the, the Rockets was a thing, but are you rebuilding with the Rockets? Um, what are you doing? So I think ultimately when it's all said and done, um, I, think the, I think the Rockets wasn't a good fit for Lou because he was facing so much um, opposition. I spoke with James Posey the other day. He has interest in being on that coaching staff, um, you know, as it relates to Sam Cassell, you know, what happens in that regard. Um, I, I look at, I look at, um, I think coaching staff matters a lot. I think um, just temperament and how you deal with your stars matters a lot. Um, but, you know, the Western Conference, like the Eastern Conference, doesn't get any easier. The Denver Nuggets are, are, are a hungry team. The Lakers are repeating. The Blazers will be healthy. Um, pretty interesting. If Paul George and Kawhi underperform as a duo this season, do you think it's time for the Clippers to move on from Paul George or, or Kawhi Leonard or both? Um, no, I think you should give it another year. Because then you'll be looking like the, I think the Rockets are a cautionary tale. You had Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony, James Harden. You blow up the team. 
Why blow it up? Try it another year. I felt like Doc should have had another year with that specific roster, but you know, it's a tough business. Duty calls, you know, it's, it's that's just the nature of the beast that you're dealing with. So it, it makes sense, but I, I feel like because Doc was in a specific situation that was such a win-win and the fact that he does have a history of being in situations of losing, you know, big leads, losing series where he's supposed to win. I think that just took a toll on him. I mean, and, it got, and, I, and it's been reported that, you know, he's, that players didn't really like how he handled superstar, the superstars. Um, mm-hmm. It's been rumored that, you know, him and Steve Ballmer just didn't see eye to eye. And it got to a point where Steve was literally about to spend 40 mil on Eric Spolstra. Is that what, is that from what I've, what I've heard from you, Scoop? <laughs> yeah, you read my tweets, sir. <laughs> you read my tweets, yeah. I heard that the other day. I was told that by someone the other day, yeah. So it, it's just interesting to see the direction that the Clippers are going in. I hope Ty Lue is able to handle all of that. And I'm just glad he did get the respect he deserves, especially since he was supposed to be the Lakers coach and they only, and they didn't get offer him the right deal that he was, deserving of so um i'm happy for the clippers and i hope that you know for tyloo and i hope that the situation works out but one thing that we do know that's obviously working out for you is two things one that super super nice background with oras leather company uh as, as part of your sponsorship back there represents scoop b so that's very very fly my, my friend thank you and on top of that this 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 new show heavy live we got all types of celebrities coming on your show. You had Al Harrington, Jeff Van Gundy, Jamil Hill. Y'all talking about Trump on Jamil, y'all talking about Trump on your show with Jamil Hill. I mean, <laughs> talk about how that show came into fruition. Um, credit to the to uh, my editor uh, Ben Duty, and um, honestly, just uh, COVID at large. Um, no, not credit to COVID, but COVID as a happenstance. Um, People are home, people are bored in the house and in the house bored. And, you know, basically, you know, they asked me, you know, is that something you'd want to do? You know, a show where you're calling, you know, guests and, you know, you're, you're booking guests on your show and, and making things happen. So really and truly um, just going through my phone, going through my Rolodex and um, uh, asking people their availability, you know, had Jeff and Gundy on. Spoke to him Labor Day weekend. Something about Labor Day weekend. I was on. I took a mini vacation, uh, and uh, went. And uh, me and I have been playing phone tag back and forth, and you know we made it happen. And so, you know, when you look at um, just some of the guests, Jay Williams, uh, I've had uh, Jamel Hill, as you mentioned, uh, Jalen Mills of the Philadelphia Eagles, Carl Banks, who's a New York Giants legend, Al Harrington, uh, and tomorrow uh, I will have uh, porn star Lisa Ann. Heavy lab of Scoopy. Um, so I've just been busy, man. I just, I think that the, my level of creativity is really, um, I'm having fun. Uh, and, and it's not just about sources and things of that sort. It's just good, candid conversation. And it's pretty cool. Yeah, I definitely uh, t- took a couple listens to some of your shows. And yeah, you know, y- y'all definitely go in depth <laughs> on your topics for sure. Y'all definitely don't sugarcoat it. And Overall, though, it's it's a great product, a great and a great listen. Everybody that's listening to our show right now, you should definitely tune in to what Scoop B got going on. 
with Heavy Line, as well as Scoop B Radio. The man is doing his thing. Millions of views, millions of millions of views, millions of uh, lot streaming. It's 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 the it's the real deal. You want some good content? Follow Scoop B uh, from Scoopy Radio. And Scoop, where can people follow you on social media to keep in touch with your work? At Scoop B on Twitter, at Scoop underscore B on Instagram, as well as on Snapchat. Um, and subscribe to the Scoop B Radio podcast, uh, which is available on all streaming platforms: uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn App, Stitcher App, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Um, or simply by visiting scoopbradio.com, 3.1 million streams last year. Uh, we had Mr. Dalvin from um, um, Jodeci on this week on the Scoopy Radio podcast. So honestly, I've just been having fun, man. I, I feel that. It seems like you've been having a lot of fun. Um, everybody listening, you can also follow me on social media at jhicks042 on Twitter and that guy Josh Hicks on Instagram to see the latest work, especially within the scope. And Scoop, you just mentioned you got a very famous guy uh, coming on your your Scoopy radio show uh, this week. You just mentioned you got Lisa Ann, a very, very well-known porn star coming on, <laughs> coming on your, coming on heavy live. What's, what, what you got coming up next aside from those, those specific shows? You gotta, you gotta wait and see. We do have a Halloween episode uh, coming up as well, so keep your calendar open for that. Uh, yeah, I mean, we just had Iron Eagle, uh, CBS Sports, uh, as well as Nets Broadcast on Yes Network, a friend of mine. Uh, we go back. Um, uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up, and you, you definitely, uh, I'm telling you, we're closing October very strong, and you'll be shocked by some of the names that we have. So please, uh, please, please uh, check that out. Well, me personally, I don't know if I could be really be shocked by the people you get because that's what happens when you stay scooped. So, yeah, I mean, I'm having, like I said, I'm having fun with it, man. I'm having fun. I feel you, man. Well, continue to have fun. And I thank you for taking the time out of your busy 24-7 schedule to stop by the Endoscope podcast. We appreciate, I appreciate it. And one of these days, I'm 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 gonna just maybe do a call in or hop on and be like, "Hey, Scoop, you know, I have I'll throw a little input here and there, whatever y'all talking about, um, for sure." Um, and just keep doing what you're doing, my brother. You're doing it big, and you know I look up to the work that you do. So continue to uh, continue to do big things and pave the way. Thank you, man. I appreciate that, and I'm proud of you. You're doing your thing. Um, you keep at it. Keep writing. Keep staying focused and um, following your passion. Yes, sir. Most definitely, man. Appreciate your time. Love to have you come back on anytime, anytime you can. And um, yeah. we'll definitely, we'll keep in touch.